What up, world? To pass first point guard and Trail Blazers reporter Mike Richmond, you're listening to another episode of Locked On Blazers, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, available wherever you get podcasts, and now also on YouTube. If you're listening to this show right now, or if you're watching on YouTube, and you haven't subscribed yet, go ahead and hit that subscribe button, or go to YouTube right now, search Locked On Blazers, and subscribe to the show. Uh, if you're a first-time listener and you didn't know we're on YouTube, surprise! If you're a long-time listener and just haven't subscribed, go do it! Don't don't put it off. Do it today. Today's show, we are talking all about the Blazers' impressive and important, maybe their most, probably their most important win of the season, certainly their best win of the season for my money, a 112-107 win over the Chicago Bulls on Wednesday night at the Moda Center. The Blazers improved to 7-1 and at home, and they're 8-8 overall. They are a really good home team. This was their best win of the year. We're going to talk all about it. I want to I want to talk about a great Larry Nance game. I want to talk about a closing lineup that seems to be a trend, a comfort level, for at least um, against certain matchups for Chauncey Billups, and, and, and a night where the Blazers didn't get it from their two best players and still found a way to win and why that matters. But first, how about the fastest recap in the West? The Blazers win 112-107. And it started the way all of these games seem to start nowadays. 15-6. And less than five minutes in the game, Chauncey Billups is taking a timeout because his his team has come out flat and is already threatening to fall down by fall behind by double digits. Blazers trailed 33-24 after one and then fell behind by as many as 20 points during a brutal second quarter. And looks like when it looks like they were going to be put to bed early. In the first half, Damian Lord and CJ McCollum combined for six points on one of ten shooting, and all six of those points belonged to Damian Lord because CJ McCollum a scoreless first half. On the other side, Zach Levine and DeMar DeRozan, 33 points on 14 of 21 shooting in the first half. The Bull Stars were just so much better than the Blazers Stars. But then the second half happened. It didn't happen all at once. The, the Bulls, even four minutes into the second half, were still up 17 at the 8-14 mark. They were still up 17, four minutes in the second half. It didn't go away right away, but the Blazers found a way to get it done. When Damon Lord hit a pull-up three-pointer with seven minutes and 43 seconds left, the Blazers had completed the comeback. Not all the way, but they completed it. Tied the game at 91 with just under eight minutes to go. 7.43 left in the game. But the Bulls never went away. They fell behind by as many as six when Yusuf Nurkic got loose for a dunk after out for a sidelines out-of-bounds play where two, two guys went to the ball and Nurk found himself wide open under the rim. And the Bulls even took back the lead after falling behind by six on a Zach Levine layup with a minute and 20 seconds left. And it was on from there. Damian Lillard drives to the rack and gets fouled, hits both free throws to put the Blazers up. And the Bulls go to their bread and butter. DeMar DeRozan, who had been so damn good in that second quarter, in that first half, but particularly in that second quarter, just getting whatever he wanted, floating in the mid-range and doing what he does, going to work. And Nazir Little stood him up from 17 feet, contested him, made the shot hard, and DeMar DeRozan came up short. Uh, Larry Nance grabs the rebound, gets fouled, hits two free throws, and the Blazers are up three, only to have Zach Levine, with under 20 seconds left, get a wide, wide open look at three. Zach Levine went 7 of 12 from three, and one of his four misses was unguarded chance to tie it in the final seconds. He misses the mark when uh, Nazir Little got caught up in a Tony Bradley screen. That's Tar Heel on Tar Heel Crime. Blazers get the rebound. Nas hits a couple free throws and they go home happy 112-107. That's your fastest recap in the West. Uh, 
a little slower than normal. This is nor- that's a classic normalist recap in the West. Blazers Blazers win and they were they were this was a this was their best win of the year. We'll talk about it in a moment. Larry Nance, 16 points, nine boards, three assists, three steals, and a block off the bench. Dame finished with a team high 22, six of 18 though, three of nine from the floor. CJ McCollum, a just a not a very good CJ Knight, a straight up bad one. Four of 14, one of five from three, finished with nine points and five dimes. 18 from Yusuf Nurkic and 12 boards. He was really good. More on him in a moment. Norman Powell. 18 uh, hit two threes crucial ones in the second half Robert Covington 10 points three boards three assists three steals two blocks good but good good cove night but didn't play down the stretch 22 from DeRozan 0 of 7 in the second half after a monster first half DeMar DeRozan 0 of 7 in the second half he was 7 of 12 at halftime getting whatever he wanted Zach Levine had 30, should have had 33 in this game. Probably should have gone to overtime, or at least the Blazers should have had a chance to win it uh, in, you know, with their own shot at the end of regulation. But Levine misses, and the Blazers win a just a just a, a damn great game, a great basketball game. Um, I thought this team was cooked in the first half. Thought they were just straight up cooked. Um, you know, we've seen them on the road give up. Um, just kind of pack it in, pack it in, go to bed early. Um, when, when the, when they've struggled, it's just, if, when things, when they fall behind big, they just don't have a chance to come back. They haven't had the, the grittiness. They haven't had the stick They haven't had the resiliency. Um, all those, all those things you need to come back from a big deficit. 20 is not, not what it used to be made of in the NBA, the way teams shoot threes, the pace of the game and all those things like 20 is not 20 is probably the new, like 15 point lead or 12 point lead or something like it's you it, tw- down, 20 in the first half is not over, but we've just seen that these, this team kind of roll over. Um, and I, I t- asked him after the game, what he appreciated about it. And part of what he appreciated about this game is that they kind of fought and they, they, they just went ahead and did it. Um, after, after the game, Jason quick kind of was, uh, joking with Chauncey Billups. So what'd you say at halftime and Billups, um, you know, he said he, he didn't, he didn't yell a lot. He just said, you know, this is unacceptable and we can be better than this. And, uh, and asking the players of kind of follow-up questions of what Chauncey was like, didn't, he didn't yell. In fact, Dame says it was a shorter halftime speech than normal. Typically they look at some offensive clips and some defensive clips, like he put, put up some video on the board and say, here's what we did wrong. Here's what we did right. Here's like, um, you know, here's what we can clean up to be better in the second half, particularly when you're losing. Here's here's on both sides of the ball some things we can clean up, and then they go back out there. And Dame said it ended about three minutes earlier than normal. Usually, at about the when there's five minutes left on the clock, they walk back out to the court. But he said it was over at about eight minute mark with eight minutes left. Like Chauncey had just said his piece, like. We know we can be better. They're getting it too easy. If we want to be the team we can be, we can't let them go get it easy. And they didn't. They 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 made it tough on them. Um, and DeMar DeRozan in the second half, 0 for 7, is like kind of a microcosm of the Blazers just being more physical and more attentive. The Bulls got into what they wanted to get into. DeRozan made some shots in the second half, or made some shots in the first half that he didn't make in the second half. Like he missed some makeable ones. But And, and Zach Levine pretty much got what he wanted um, most of the evening getting getting loose. But they were more physical and more attentive. Um, the the Bulls bench, you know, they, they're already a little light on depth and then no Nikola Vucevic in this game. Um, and the Bulls bench bench couldn't hang with the Blazers depth. Um, the Blazers bench didn't have like an awesome game. You know, this was, uh, Nazir Little had about as good a game as you could have going one of seven. He had six points and seven boards and, uh, and, and played in crunch time. We'll talk about him at the end of the show, but like, this wasn't a good Simons game, six points on one of three shooting, didn't hit his threes. Um, you know, his, his bucket was a driving left-handed layup though. So shouts to his aunt, but like this, this wasn't a game where like the, the Blazers, 
depth that took over was Nas and and Nance off the bench and they and they handled the Bulls who didn't have a ton of depth but like really this was about slowing down the Bulls stars who got going and just like playing with the requisite effort to slow them down um it wasn't all effort and it was it was some of it was schematic like just like where they picked where they picked them up there was much higher pickup points um they were they fought harder on the screens like it was it was you know, this was in, as opposed to sort of like letting the guys snake and then trying to contest mid rangers. They really chased them and made it a little bit harder to get to get over that first screen action. Like there was there was some statistical or some strategic is the word I'm looking for. Some like true strategery to quote a uh, former president. So like if they just this was a fantastic second half, really really special um, second half. The most the most impressive uh, win of the young season, and it was most impressive win because they were down. Like they smoked the Suns to open the year, right? Like, and that's like we're gonna look back maybe in 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 April or whatever and say like, damn, the Blazers really just beat the snot out of this Suns team early in the year, and they absolutely absolutely carved them up. And that's that's still gonna be their best win early in the season. But this to me was their most important and most impressive because they came back when they looked like they were buried. And we've seen this team buried and gone this year, and they kind of um they don't always come back. They used to be a signature of theirs, and I think tonight, and same with kind of the Raptors game where they dug in and stuck with it after after a, a slow start. The slow starts are a problem, but like digging in and sticking with it against teams that are are competitive, like the Bulls are one of the, the good teams in the East, even missing Nikola Vucevic, and uh, the Raptors are going to compete for a playoff spot. Like those are those are those are quality wins at home, and they show some real resiliency. But the star of this game was the man who heard his name cheered, heard. Heard that name cheered in the Moda Center. Larry, Larry. Let's talk about Larry Nance in the second segment. Before we do that, let me tell you about Bet Online. It's the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. They got a new updated website and interface at betonline.ag. You can access it on your mobile phone. You can access it on your desktop. And while you're there, if you want to make your first deposit as a first-time customer, make sure you're using the promo code Locked On because you'll get a 50% welcome bonus when you're making that first deposit. You can bet on on basketball games. They got live props and odds on on every single game. They got they got the same deal for football, college, and pro. They got every other sport too. So whatever you're into, you're gonna find action at BetOnline.ag. They even got your favorite Vegas casino games. Whatever it is, go don't wait. Go take advantage of this of this offer. That's BetOnline, where the game starts. All right. Still a pass for his point guard. Still Mike Richmond. And I usually do this in the, in the third segment, but I guess we're doing it here too. Uh, we talked about we talked about the win over the Bulls, 112-107. We mentioned Larry Nance, but now we got to talk about Larry because he was balling. Uh, he just he he has settled into figuring out how he's how he's going to to be an impact player. And after Nazir Little stopped Demar Derozan with 17 seconds left and 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 held up. In the, in the closing seconds against Demar, and and the Blazers got the corral the rebound. Larry Nance grabs it. He heads to the free throw line, and he hears his name chanted. The Blazers faithful 
Modus inside Modus Center. I thought this was one of the best crowds of the year. I I, I pointed this out to Jason Quick when, uh, on press row during the game. Uh, it was fuller than it's been. It's been a little empty in the arena and um, still not a sellout, but um, a bunch of people, 17,000 strong. Uh, and it was loud and, and like good energy. Like it was a very good crowd. Uh, if you were lucky enough to be there, you witnessed a wonderful game with a wonderful crowd. Um, I guess people are coming back to NBA games now. Uh, but it... 17,000 and change chanting Larry, Larry, Larry. I don't know who predicted it, but someone, someone in my Twitter feed had said early in the year, it's a straight up guarantee that we hear the Larry chants and they were right. It came, um, Fosho Killa, they, Larry got his name chanted. And after the game, he talked about sort of what it meant to her, to hear his name. And then he shared a great story about the last time he could recall hearing his name chanted. So I'm going to play you that, a little bit of that for you now. Here's uh, what Larry said about hearing his name in the Moda Center. Could, could I hear him? Yeah, I could hear him. I was, I was, I have, I think I have a mask on. I was trying not to smile too hard. No, that was incredible. Um, that was incredible. You know, like it's, it's only game 16 here. So, um, you know, I, I, I appreciate it more than they know. I genuinely do. Cause, um, you know, you know, we're, we're out there playing our hearts out and, and had a heck of a comeback. So, you know, the fact that they recognize, um, you know, heart and hustle of this team is, is, uh, you know, is awesome. And, and, you know, I, I can promise that they're going to get that from me every single time I step on the floor. Do you have a pretty chantable name? Um, I do. The two syllables is pretty good. Yeah. yeah. Has that happened to other stops? Uh, Wyoming. Yeah, it happened at Wyoming. But, you know, Cleveland, not really. Um, Cleveland on occasion. Maybe you go to the free throw line after having a good game. They might have done it. But L.A., no. Um, but the last time was uh, Wyoming that I, that I really remember. Yeah. When was that? Uh, at Wyoming. Yeah, give us take us back. The exact game yeah. we were playing. I, I could do it. Uh, we were playing UNLV. Hey, it's a good story too. My man. So bear with me. We were playing UNLV at home, and Christian Wood. Um, was that was that team with him, Patrick McCaw. Christian Wood had the first seventeen points. Right, so we were down early, and we battled back. And me and him had a slugfest. Right, like I think I finished with twenty nine. He had twenty nine as well. But like down the stretch, I had finished close the game for us and and with like 30 seconds left you know they were chanting my name and everything like that and it, it was very it was, it was very cool and then you know so there's, there's distinct memories but this is one that i'm you know i'll be asked me this ask me the last time they chant my name in four years i'll be able to tell you this story word for word too so um, it meant a lot to me that's right you got to take it all the way back to Wyoming, beautiful Laramie, Wyoming, go Cowboys. Uh, Larry also repping his his little brother, uh, Pete, who goes to uh, Northwestern. That's the jersey he's wearing in that video. Uh, Nance was, you know, 16, 9, 3, 3 assists, 3 steals and a block, 6 of 9 from the floor, hit 2 of 3 threes. He was plus 10 in a game the Blazers won by 5. Like, he was, he's really settled in to what this is. And, um, Part of settling in is that he's just going to be a backup five. Uh, Chauncey Billups talked about it in the post game. It's like 
he was, um, you know, he's just more comfortable playing Larry as a five now. He kind of sees him that way. And at the beginning of the year, um, Nance, you know, talks about, and we talked about it here, is like he just didn't know where he fit in. And, and it felt like that. Watching him play, particularly next to, to um, Zeller, is like he just didn't know where he's going to fit in. And he mentioned, and Nance mentioned this, and I, part I didn't play for you in that interview, is like that it's, it's not a subtle difference between playing the four and the five. If you're the five, you're playing five coverages on defense, and on offense, you're really just spacing. Like, like if you watch like how Robert Covington plays, he spaces and kind of dances around the perimeter. And when they set a screen, he kind of role replaces when filling in the gap where they just where the where the pick and roll came from. And Larry can do that, but it doesn't utilize his skill set very well. He's just better as a screener and a decision maker out of the screen and roll, and a guy who can dive to the rim and 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 crash the boards and cut and hang around the paint, hang around in the dunker spot around the rim, like. He's Larry Nance had one of his bad misses today is he took a little kind of like push hook from the uh, from the right block with his feet outside the paint. That's garbage, Larry. Only only shoot when you have your feet in the paint or feet set outside three point line. And you he can make a, a darn good living only taking those two kind of shots like two feet in firmly in the paint or feet set behind the three point line shoulder square like only catch and shoot threes and only shots like only little push pushed hooks and layups around the rim and dunks like he can just he can have a really really he's like math friendly um shooting chart and he's gonna be a monster um he's just really settled into being a five um there's some complications with him being the five one Cody Zeller I think Cody Zeller's minutes are gonna get pinched like maybe just not exist anymore zeller played just four minutes tonight and i wouldn't be surprised if in the few in the near future like um depending on foul trouble even saturday's game against philly that cody zeller just straight up doesn't play um you know they're they're getting some minutes from snell not a particularly good snell game tonight but like they're liking the smaller minutes from Snell and the floor spacing he gives you and larry is a five like it's been it's established larry is just He's just more comfortable at that spot. Um, and, and and Billups kind of figured out that that's where he's going to fit. And, and Nance, to his credit, I don't think he really understood where he was going to fit. And now that he knows kind of what, what four and what five are, and he mentioned the not subtle differences, like he's more comfortable probably as a small ball five. He thinks he can play both spots, but that's what players say because they think they can play everywhere. And Billups kind of said, oh, he's a basketball player. He can play wherever too. But like both of them in 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 while trying to walk around it both admitted very plainly that uh, Larry Nance is the backup center and he's best as a five and he's so good at that at being the five being a center which he truly truly is and he's and he's really talented at it um he's also really fun that's why I played you the interview Larry Nance is very compelling like it means that there's a minutes crunch and there's a and there's a primetime crunch. Let's talk about that primetime crunch in uh, in the final segment to close the show because uh, there's just, if Larry Nance is going to close games as he has the last two nights against Toronto and then uh, tonight against Chicago, it means that Yusuf Nurkic isn't on the floor. And if he's not on the floor, it's it complicates things. So let's talk about those complications or at least the implications in the third segment of what of what Larry Nance being a baller means to the other folks on the roster. Still a pass first point guard, still Mike Richmond, still listening to Locks on Blazers. 
I guess we're doing pass first point guard every segment. Every segment we're getting a pass first point guard lead in. In any case, we talk about Larry Nance and, and, and him as a small ball center, but the implication, if you have him at center, means you do not have Yusuf Nurkic on the floor because what I what I'm kind of was alluding to in that second segment was like they don't I, Billups does not see Nance as a four. And if he isn't a four, he can't really share the court with Nurk. And if he can't share the court with Nurk, you're making a choice, Nance or Nurk. And we had, I had talked about this in the lead up to the season, was there was a possibility. In fact, when Casey Holall joined the show prior to the season or like a game into the season, very early, um, I asked him, do you think Nurk will close games? Because we both had considered um, what is Larry Nance's skill set and the switchability and the ability to play small and pass and shoot a little bit. Um, does that make him more desirable in closing lineups? Like that was a real question we had. And as we get here, game 16, we're now 16 games into the experiment. Um, it's looking like Billups, at least in in a lot of speci- a lot of matchups, many matchups, unless you have a true five in there, is going to roll with Nance because if it's not a big punishing five, like even if it's Tony Bradley, with all due respect to the national champion of the University of North Carolina, like ain't no, ain't no scared of Tony Bradley. Like you can just roll with roll with Nance because of his skill set. I will say this though, and we need some context here. Yusuf Nurkic was the Blazers' leading rebounder and leading scorer in the first half. He scored the Blazers' first six points, and he was he he was helping them keep them afloat on on a night when the other two when their other two stars or their two stars, Damon CJ, could not make anything. Um, those dudes go one of ten in the first half, and Nurk outscored the two of them combined. Um, but then he comes out about six minutes into the. Um, into the half, like a typical sub point, And he did not come back in until the 10 minute mark of the fourth quarter. Like he sat for a full eight game minutes, which isn't totally uncommon. Usually he would come back in a slightly earlier than that, but that's like about, but he has, there have been games when he sits all the way to about the nine minute mark. He didn't play a single minute in the fourth quarter on uh, against the Raptors because the Raptors played super small and he, he couldn't take advantage of them, but he was balling in this game. He checked back in at the 10, 10 mark of the fourth quarter and he played for the next nine minutes. And Yusuf Nurkic kicked ass in the fourth quarter. Like, don't get it twisted. Great rebounds, great screen setting, scored inside, took advantage of of, of uh, Derek Jones Jr. being on him. Um, hi, Derek. Welcome back. You've got Nurk on you. He's 280 pounds. Good luck. Um, like, Nurk was really, really good. I thought he played good defense in the fourth quarter, even against the speed and the, and the sort of... Um, what you know the the worst defensive possessions of the fourth quarter were were after Larry Nance got back on the court um and a couple of bad transition defensive plays but um like Nurk was good and then with 90 seconds left a minute 34 minute 36 I think on the clock uh they they had a really big defensive possession coming up and they just uh Chauncey pulled Nurk and and Nance played that's that's the decision you're making because Nance is like very specifically a five, right? Like because it seems like he's best there. It's true he's best there. It's been an observation I've been making for a couple weeks, but now like the coach basically said as much today, um, this evening, and so like here we are, <laughs> uh, and you you close the game with Nance on the court. He he has some really nice possessions. He'd been really good. Um, in this game and when he came back for the final 90 seconds in crunch time you know the bulls take the lead and then the blazers hold on from there get a couple stops he gets a huge rebound late hits two huge free throws um it's 
this was it was a great great Larry game and here's his name cheered as we as we talk about in the second segment like this was a really really good Larry game but a really good Larry game now and moving forward means it's not going to be a Nurk game if he's a five he's taking Nurk's minutes and quite frankly in the post game Yusuf Nurkish did not sound super jazzed about not playing at the end of games he said the right things like the the thing he wants to do is win but like in terms of comfortable and liking his role he did not sound like someone who was super jazzed about sitting the entire fourth quarter and then playing damn well and still getting yanked with 90 seconds left in the game he did he did not sound like someone who likes who would enjoy that who would but like I'll just say, like, this situation could... It, 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 the momentum is pointing in a direction where Yusuf Nurkic is going to be pissed about his role. He was promised more, and he's getting less. He's promised a bigger slice of the pie and more role this season, and it's shaking out that the Blazers are better maybe where he isn't in the crunch time lineup. And, and that is a... It's nice to have the solutions. It's nice to have a coach that can understand the matchups and quickly pull the right strings. But... Ego management is a part of it, and personality management is a part of it. And I'm telling you, Yusuf Nurkic didn't sound happy in the post game. Um, just something to monitor. I don't think this is like a big, big deal, um, but it's something to monitor. One more thing about the closing lineup is that Nazir Little, for the second straight night, also came in and closed. He was already in. There wasn't like there wasn't some big sub, but like he stayed on the court. He was he was part of that closing group. Now they've closed the last two games with Dame, CJ, Norm, Nazir Little, and Larry Nance. Um, the length of of Nazir Little is helpful. And straight up, I think Nazir Little might be a better point of attack defender than Robert Covington. Robert Covington is a better overall defensive player. But what they want what they need from that spot is le- someone with length, someone with size to guard like the DeMar DeRozan or Zach Levine type, or like the one who isn't, who Norm isn't guarding. So if Norm takes one, someone has to take the other. And that's not Rocco's skill set. He's a slow, slow feet, fast hands extremely fast brain like um he can be a really good help defender but when you put him in the action when you put him in point of attack it not only neuters his best skill it 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 shows what his weakness is as a point of attack defender i think i i really do believe chauncey billups is more comfortable with nazir little as the as that guy who's going to guard apex wings who's going to guard big scary um star wing types like that's that seems to be the comfort level of the coach. It seems to be the comfort level. Um, it seems to be a, a good choice. Like, I think Nas is a good and competitive defender. Like I said, I think Nazir Little had about as good a game as you can have going one for seven from the floor and 0 for four from three. Like, um, <laughs> you know, he he had eight, six points and seven boards um, and in 24 minutes. And I think he was, like, really good watching him. I thought he was, re- like, the energy, the rebounding... Um, just just making life hard. Um, I thought he played really physical, got called for a couple fouls that he didn't like, but I thought they were all fouls. But that's good physical defense. Um, I think this closing group, like like I talked about in the last podcast, if you haven't listened, it was a recap of the uh, well, mailbag. But before that, it was a recap of the Raptors game. You can find it in your feed. We talked all about this kind of Nas and, Nas and Nance group and then and, and what it would mean and all these things. And like... Um, eventually maybe a change to the starting lineup is coming, but I think the change to the closing lineup, a potentially more important group is already here because Billups has a comfort level because you get what you need with that group. And what I mean by that is you get, um, you get your stars. You're going to, Damon Seed, you're going to play book it. Norm's going to play too. book it. Like those, those three gentlemen are almost 
um, unless something very strange happened, Norm's going to be on the court and the other two are going to be on the court unless they're hurt. So you're really talking about two spots in the closing lineup just because of the way politics and money and skill works. Um, those guys are going to play. So you're making decisions at the four and the five. And I think in, unless it's a really specific Nurk matchup, I think a lot of nights, if not most nights moving forward, many, 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 uh, and I'm going to guess the majority, it seems like it's going to be Nance because of the switchability on defense, because of the the sort of faster decision-making on offense and, and the ability to handle the ball a little bit and add a little vers- versatility on both ends. And I think Nas may have supplanted Rocco as that closing four because of his ability to the ability to switch so you can switch everything one through five and both Nance and uh, Nas can freely switch through all those positions. You don't really want Nas on centers, but if you're switching everything, you don't worry about that. And he's not only certain centers are really going to bully him. You know, like again, Tony Bradley is not going to bully. It's not going to bully Nas and the, and the bulls close super small. So it wasn't even a, a, a problem against the bulls and the, the Raptors play without a traditional center. So like these two specific matchups were okay to go, small right like didn't matter so um i i think i think the choice and i think we're seeing it from chauncey is this is the lineup he prefers and and again you're really only making decision about two guys and if larry can't play four or they don't they view him as best out of five is the way i should say it. he can play four but he's the to get the most out of him to maximize what he brings you play him at the five and i i agree he's he looks better at that spot he's just he's just straight up better at that as a five um then you're choosing nance over over nurk or you're choosing nance or nurk every night and then you're choosing it seems like the choice if you need a point of attack defender with that group is or like a guy who can stick on a big wing that Nas makes more sense right now than than covington because um while covington is a better shoot way 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 better shooter um Nas brings you better rebounding, more athleticism to like get out and run and is probably a better straight up like action coming right at him, point of attack defender, a better option to just stick him on DeMar DeRozan than Rocco has proven to be. Um, in, 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 in certain other schemes, Rocco is better as an overall defender. Rocco is better, but for what that lineup needs and what that specific task is going to be at crunch time, I think Nas is going to be better. And I think a lot of nights uh, Nance is going to be better than Nurk. And tonight Nurk was damn good and still was probably not the right option to close the game when you needed sort of specific types of guys in the final 90 seconds. I kind of think we know what crunch time looks like for these Blazers now 16 games in. Usually about the 20 game mark is you know, you kind of know what teams are. Uh, and we're approaching that less than a week away. Like, you know, next, uh, basically by Thanksgiving, I think we're at the 20 game mark. Uh, Blazers have a little time off. So I, I believe it's the day after Thanksgiving is the 20 game mark. So like, we're, we know, <laughs> we know what it's going to look like. Um, I think it'd be, I, I kind of love, this is the part of basketball I love, is learning how teams work and how the parts work and all this stuff. Like, um, this was the best win of the year, the most impressive and most important win of the year. Um, And in part because they looked like they were cooked and it was time to go home. And they hung in there. And then they showed you a little bit of an identity, both as a gritty team and as a team that prefers to play a certain way. I think this was a game where we learned some stuff about this group and they won. You can learn in a loss, but for you, dear listeners, it's more fun to learn in a win. So listen, um, Saturday, Philly, um, not certain about what Joel Embiid's uh, uh, 
availability will be, but Philly is on a skid. I believe they've lost five in a row as I'm rec- as as of this recording. So you know they're going to be looking to get back on track, and the Blazers are going to be looking to improve to nine and one at the Moda Center, where they've won eight consecutive games. Listen, for eight and eight, this team's been pretty darn entertaining. So. Why don't you hop on board the podcast and tell your friends to do the same? Subscribe to the YouTube channel and tell your friends to look for us wherever they get podcasts as well as YouTube. Just search Locked on Blazers and then subscribe to the show wherever that is. But then also subscribe on YouTube regardless, even if you're a podcast listener. Uh, Friday show. This one's coming out. I'm. It's after midnight, so it's technically already Thursday. But um, this is Thursday show. Friday show. That'll be that's coming out Friday, November 19th. Jason Quick of the Athletics is going to join the show. He's going to update us on whatever's going on behind the scenes with the front office. We're going to talk basketball. Um, he's he's he knows he's as good as it gets about covering this team. So do not miss it. Make sure you come back. This podcast free wherever you get podcasts as well as YouTube five days a week. Make it part of your daily routine and then tell your friends to do the same. Appreciate listening. Talk to you soon.